interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Jew cat? Yeah, a little weird, right? Rob 138 here. I, uh, rolling solo this episode here. Um, this is actually something that I, I wanted to do for a, a while, the, being the kaiju cast. Um, I've been mulling it in the back of my head um, because I feel like kaiju and uh, tokusatsu as a whole um, really aren't exclusive to the horror and sci-fi well, I guess sci-fi but sci-fi genre uh, when you look at things like Kamen Rider and uh, uh, Super Sendai and whatnot and Power Rangers anyway, we'll, get, we'll get to that so anyway Kaiju Cast the man made Kaiju Cast uh I apologize if I ramble a bit doing this solo, a little new to me, so we'll get used to it together. So we have to really start at the beginning. What is a kaiju? Well, it literally translates to strange beast. The word originally referred to the ancient Japanese legends and even appeared in uh, the early Chinese text, classic of the mountains and the seas or the Shanghai Jing. The text compiled the legends of geography and mythic beasts. The term kaiju also appeared in reference to paleontology in various legendary mythological creatures from around the world after Sakoku had ended in the mid-19th century. Uh, such examples include the Minotaur, the Cyclops. Uh, there was also a suggestion of the Ceratosaurus having survived the extinction. Imagine that. Uh, and was still alive in Alaska in 1908. Uh, as such, it was referred to as kaiju. So, you might be wondering, I just did a little bit of an info dump on you. Rob, what the hell is Sakoku? Well, be patient. I was getting there next. Sakoku yeah, is a reference to like foreign policy of the military government of Japan during the time. Uh, Pre-Sakoku, the government was really, really strict when it came to trade and relationships with other countries, to the point that most countries were even banned from entering Japan, while simultaneously the Japanese people were banned from even leaving the country. Uh, this all came to an end after the Perry Expedition in 1853, which in a sense forced Japan to open its borders to the West via the Convention of Kanagawa. But that's probably not why you're listening, uh, the history lesson here. Uh, you probably wouldn't know about monster movies, right? Right. And that is what we're here for. So, kaiju. The common kaiju trend, especially in Japan, is the concept of like an enormous beast, uh, strange beast, <laughs> attacking cities and destroying everything in their path. And so they're engaged in a battle with, you know, another giant monster, UFO, aliens, uh, the government, the military, even giant robots. Uh, this could include really everything from Godzilla 
to King Kong, to the kaiju race in Pacific Rim, all the way to uh, the aforementioned Ultraman and Power Rangers, Super Sendai, uh, Kamen Rider. We don't talk about Masked Rider. <laughs> um, but, you know, actually, the, that stuff, as I said, is more the broader tokusatsu genre as a whole, but an argument can be made that they are part of the kaiju's subgenre. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. So when did the big monster stuff start appearing in cinema? And actually, just because it's a big monster, does it count as a kaiju? I mean, while we're thinking about all that, what was the first kaiju film ever made? Like, there's, there's a lot to unpack with this. Um, it's a really, really tough cookie to crack, actually. Uh, I do mental gymnastics about it. When I think about it a lot from a critical aspect, um, most people adhere to the idea that 1954's Gojira, uh, which would later be released in 1956 under lots of editing uh, as Godzilla in the United States, is the first kaiju movie ever made. Some people think that 1933's King Kong is the first kaiju movie ever made. So which one is it? I personally would argue neither. I know, right? I'm sure you're all aghast right now. Even though Kong would eventually go toe-to-toe with our boy Goji on multiple occasions, and by association retroactively become a kaiju, I would argue that King Kong was not the first kaiju and was never really meant to be a kaiju by the, uh, I suppose, classical genre norms that we know from the Japanese tokusatsu films and series. Um, I would also argue that though he is most certainly the most famous kaiju, Gojira, Godzilla, was not the first kaiju movie. I know, sacrilege, right? You guys probably want to turn this off right now. Like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. But in order for this to make sense, we have to kind of look at the difference between a kaiju in the classical movie monster sense and a kaiju film. Can a kaiju be in a film and it not be a kaiju film? Can a film technically be a kaiju film but not have what we classically refer to as a kaiju? I feel like it can, but before we move on to what, in my personal opinion, is the very first kaiju film, I'd like to raise an interesting take that I saw on Reddit recently while researching um, the kaiju and tokusatsu genre as a whole. And that is Cthulhu. Does Cthulhu count as a kaiju? Does he check the boxes? I mean, technically, he's a big monster, right? Technically. Um, some argue yes, some argue no. Uh, as I've discussed on the mainline man-made monster cast before, or rather briefly mentioned, haven't really gotten to a giant discussion about it. I am an H.P. Lovecraft fan. Um, while The Call of Cthulhu is not my favorite Lovecraft story, I do certainly enjoy it. Uh, my actual favorite Lovecraft story is The Color of Mountain Space and At the Mountains of Madness, but I digress. I would say that Cthulhu is not a kaiju. Um, 
simply because of the sheer scope of Cthulhu. He's more of yeah, an entity in, in and of himself, more than just a quote-unquote big monster, more of a cosmic being, a, a god in a sense. But even if someone did argue that Cthulhu indeed was a kaiju, wouldn't it then have to be subject to the retroactivity rule that we've kind of applied to Kong? Which begs the question, can something be a kaiju before the genre is a genre? I think it's all really subjective to the viewer, uh, but I'm kind of losing my point here. Uh, expect a lot of that, I think. Um, yeah, so, so you're probably asking yourself right now, Rob, Godzilla, Gojira, is not the first kaiju film. Who's the first kaiju? Well, I would say that Godzilla is the first kaiju. The first real kaiju. Bet you're all really confused. Hear me out. The first kaiju film does not necessitate the first kaiju, in my opinion. I don't think that really helped clear anything up at all. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cut right to it. I present to you 1953's The Beast of 20,000 Fathoms, or as it was called in Japan, Genshi Kaiju Arawaru, translation being the atomic monster appears. To catch that second word in the title, Kaiju. Directed by Eugene Laurie, this film depicted a fictional dinosaur called the Retosaurus being fought out and awakened from its slumber due to a nuclear test, which, by the way, is another theme in early Kaiju films, only to wreak havoc down the eastern coast of the United States. The film was based on a Ray Bradbury short story called The Foghorn, and featured stop-motion effects by the legendary Ray Harryhausen, who was inspired by the equally legendary Willis O'Brien's work on King Kong. The thing here is, the film was released a whole 19 months before Gojira saw the light of day and actually inspired Gojira. So I'm sure we're all still a little bit confused as to why I consider this the first kaiju film, but not technically the first kaiju. I'm actually confused by that statement too, so <laughs> let's try to work through this together. The Retosaurus, while a fictional creature, is never referred to as a kaiju, but it is the first film to use the term kaiju in its title. So while it's not 100% in line with the kaiju standard that Gojira would create, I think it's a kaiju film on a technicality, thus being the first kaiju film, while not being the first kaiju, in my opinion. Very confusing. I know. I promise you guys, as we go deeper into the world and the history of Kaiju, things will hopefully get less money. The fact of the matter is that, well, I've always been a big fan of Kaiju and giant monster movies as a whole. I'm still kind of very new to the history of Tokusatsu, even though I've basically watched this stuff my whole life. 
I mean, I vividly recall, I mentioned this in the Pumpkinhead episode of the Man-Made Monster cast, about being on the beach with my, my rubber uh, dollar store Godzilla, like in my rubber giant ape, which obviously was Kong, and just fighting on, you know, sitting on the beach in Ocean City with my, my folks and having them fight and building like little sand towns for them to destroy. I mean, we all remember the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's, I mean, we'll, we'll probably get into that at some point if, if you guys like this and we continue down the path of uh, doing side episodes like this. Um, it was, you know, basically a Frankenstein uh, show from uh, Tokusatsu Super Sendai um, that, that used the footage of the, the kaiju and the rangers and sent over to America. And then we, we hired our, our uh, Jason David Franks, our uh, it Austin St. John, I believe. Yeah. Is the Red Ranger um, hired? You know our actors to to play the Rangers, and we filmed that stuff. And we, I, I say we like you know we did it, but the states, I mean, then we interspliced those fights and worked around it. So yeah, we're we're all gonna be learning this together, I think. So if I speak out of turn or ignorantly to a particular subject, I do sincerely apologize. I'm still kind of taking all this in myself. So now that we've kind of established the difference between kaiju and a kaiju movie, at least in my opinion, how did all this start? Well, look no further than Toho Studios. And I'm going to say it right now. I, I like to think that I can... Uh, pretty much work my way around Japanese pronunciations. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty solid with it because I watch, of, uh, watch a lot of uh, Puro Resu, uh, Japanese professional wrestling, but I may struggle here. So forgive me if I misspeak. Toho was founded by Echizo Kobayashi in 1932 and was originally the Tokyo Takarazuka Theater Company and it was responsible for many of the kabuki for many years. In 1953, however, Toho established Toho International in Los Angeles. This was intended to target the Western markets of North and Latin America. And in 1954, the legendary Akira Kurosawa's masterpiece, Seven Samurai, was one of the first films to be offered. So why do I bring up Seven Samurai, other than the fact that it's a fucking awesome movie? Honestly, it's kind of a cheap segue to get to Ishiro Honda's Gojira. <laughs> you see, there's a bit of an internet rumor that Seven Samurai and Gojira share the dubious honor of being the two films that nearly drove Toho into bankruptcy. The rumor is that both films had such exorbitant budgets between Kurosawa's year-long production of Seven Samurai which, you know, compared to Gojira's three-month-long production. And Gojira was using so many as yet untested effects that the cost of the films would ultimately take down Toho Studios. Fortunately, according to the rumor, uh, both films were successful, and Toho lived to raid another day. 
That's the myth, at least. While it does seem a bit romantic to believe that the two films that almost drove the studio into bankruptcy also became such runaway successes that they saved the studio. Uh, sure. Doho was frustrated with Kurosawa's perfectionist approach to filming. Uh, sure, Gojira was effects heavy and risky, but there just really isn't enough tangible evidence to support that Toho almost went bankrupt because of these films. In fact, it's quite the opposite. In a 2018 article by tohokingdom.com, Patrick Galvin states, in preparing for this article, I sought insight from film historian Stuart Galbraith IV, author of such books as Monsters Are Attacking Tokyo, the Toho Studios story, and The Emperor and the Wolf, the lives and films of Akira Kurosawa and Toshihiro Mifune. Pretty sure I got that right. When I asked his opinion on whether Toho nearly collapsed shooting Godzilla and Seven Samurai, he told me, quote, I found no evidence of that at all, and there's probably no truth to it either. Seven Samurai did go over budget, but I doubt the final cost of the two films combined was even 7 to 8% of the total negative cost of the studio's annual slate that year. So no, it wouldn't have bankrupted them, even if the films flopped. End quote. So this isn't to say that they, they couldn't have had an adverse effect on the studio. Had the films failed, they certainly could have. However, the studio was in such a good spot at the point that they likely would have survived had the films failed. However, a world where Gojira, the first Godzilla movie, failed, thus creating a domino effect to where the likelihood of the tokusatsu and kaiju genres don't exist, um, not a world that I want to live in. <laughs> so let's touch a bit Briefly on the Gojira Godzilla film, shall we? The one that started the big kaiju boom. Filmed in 1954 by Ishiro Honda, Gojira was designed by, here we go, I'm, I'm going to try here, guys. Keizo Toshimitsu and Akira Watanabe under the supervision of the legendary Eiji Shiburaya. The name Gojira comes from early concepts in which producer Tomoyuki Tanaka had originally envisioned the creature being uh, gorilla or whale-like in design, with Gojira being a combination of the Japanese words for the aforementioned animals being Goraira and uh, I believe it's Kujira, before settling on the dinosaur-like design. Could you imagine if uh, Goji wound up being more gorilla-like and then we had you know, Godzilla versus King Kong. Ape versus ape. Not exactly as captivating or riveting, I would say. The Godzilla suit was constructed using thin bamboo sticks and wire to build a frame for the interior, and then they added, like, metal mesh and cushioning kind of to bolster the structure before putting the latex on. Um followed by coats of molten rubber that were applied, followed by carved indentations and strips of latex glued to the surface to create the scales and the hide. The, uh, the first version of the suit weighed about 
220 pounds. Poor Nakajima, the uh, the suit actor. He could really only be in the suit for roughly three minutes before passing out from heat and exhaustion. Man, could you imagine? Like today, we have we have all these superhero movies where you know people get upset if they don't have a zipper so they can pee out of, or you know, a water tube going through their eye holes so they can drink water. Poor Nakajima is just like passing out every three minutes. Jesus Christ. For close-ups, a smaller hand-operated puppet was constructed that sprayed like mist from its mouth to, you know, act as Goji's atomic breath. Um, Subaraya originally wanted to use stop motion for the film's special effects, which is telling considering the Beast of 20,000 Fathoms was a huge influence on this film. Um, but they realized with the staffing of Toho Studios, it would take about seven years to finish the project. So they finally settled on suitmation and miniature effects. Subaraya and his crew got a locations. Godzilla was set to destroy. They were actually almost arrested after being overheard by a security guard while they discussed their plans for the destruction. Uh, they were released after showing the police their Toho business cards. Moving forward, Kintaro Makino, the, the chief of miniature construction, was given blueprints by Watanabe for the miniatures and assigned roughly 30 to 40 workers from the carpentry department to build all of the miniature sets. Uh, this took about a month to build the scaled-down version of Ginza. A majority of the miniatures were built at 125th scale, and the diet building was scaled down to about 133rd scale to look smaller than Godzilla himself. Interestingly enough, the final film did wind up including one stop-motion scene. This was of Godzilla's tail destroying the Nishigeki theater building. So we started with questions. We touched on Kong, we touched on Cthulhu. We talked briefly about the Beast of 20,000 Fathoms. We went into the beginnings of Toho Studios and the incredible artists that are the forefathers of the genre as a whole. And I honestly kind of need to stop myself. I, I, you know, I apologize if this seems a bit all over the place. There's just so much to cover in this vast genre. Um, I'm actually doing my best not to go into a full-on beat-by-beat review of Gojira at this point, as I'd really like to dedicate an entire episode to that later down the road, as I would also like to do with The Beast of 20,000 Fathoms. So, as expected, this will be a shorter episode, um, and I'm going to close with this in regards to Godzilla and the genre. On the back of Toho Studios and the artists responsible, Gojira spawned a multimedia empire that consists of roughly 36 films, I think, comics, crossovers. There's actually a there's actually a book, I think, by Boom Studios right now that's the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers versus Godzilla. Um, books, games, TV shows, spin-offs, countless imitations, rip-offs, tribute. Parody is Reptar, anybody from Rugrats? It laid the groundwork for tokusatsu that is still used today. Um, and I would argue that what Disney is to animation, Toho Studios is to 
tokusatsu and kaiju as a whole. I really hope you guys enjoyed this brief but in-depth dive into a genre that I have loved my entire life. I, I personally feel it's important to look at these films in this genre away from the broader horror sci-fi community, the, the mainline man-made monster cast, because I just feel like I'll never get them. <laughs> They'll get lost in the shuffle. Um, but I really hope you guys you know, enjoyed this. You know, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review, please. If there's any questions or comments, you want to correct me on something that I misspoke about, um, you know, the social media is at MM Monstercast on Twitter, at Manmade Monstercast on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter at R0B underscore 138, at R0B138 on Instagram. I would love to discuss this stuff with you guys. I would love to get your take on whether the Beast of 20,000 Fathoms is a kaiju is, is it a kaiju movie do you agree with that or do you think and why you know king kong is the first one do you think gojira is the first one and why how do you feel about ape versus monster <laughs> which i i watched earlier today from uh from the asylum which that uh, was certainly a movie uh definitely watched it um who's, who's your favorite kaiju you know Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. I feel like the pad time, <laughs> which, is, which is not something I want to do. This, is, uh, this was cool. This was, this was uh, a learning experience to, to run solo today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, again, let me know. In the meantime, I'll catch you on the flip side.